This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. While our team of tax pros are well-versed in all things tax, our areas of expertise include rental real estate and equity compensation. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. At Capital Area Tax Consultants, we believe in pricing transparency and flat fees. Before engaging with us, you'll receive an upfront quote in black and white with a description of any services to be performed. This way, there are no hidden surprises. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, where the worlds of technology and personal finance collide. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge. Each episode aims to make you just a little bit smarter about your money, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host. Hey there, listeners. Eric with an A here. And today we're bringing you a special episode of the Tech Money Podcast. As you know, aside from hosting this podcast, Malcolm has a day job as a certified financial planner, helping clients analyze and take action on some of their most complex financial decisions. And as you can imagine, one of the most intricate of such conversations where financial planners get involved the most tends to be the one around purchasing or refinancing a home. Thus, Malcolm recently began working with a team at Fortis Mortgage as a strategic consultant, where he lends his expertise and perspective in helping borrowers with unique and sometimes challenging financial structures understand and navigate the mortgage landscape. In keeping with the ultimate goal of this show, to help close the information gap when it comes to personal finance, Malcolm will be inviting you, the listening audience, to sit in on conversations between himself and Fortis's Director of Business Development, Desiree Ragusi, where together they will discuss a particular mortgage topic, giving you some real-world examples and the perspective of the lender, underwriter, and loan originator in a series we're calling Office Hours with Desiree and Malcolm. So with that, Desiree, Malcolm, take it away. Hey folks, thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Etheridge, that's Desiree Ragusi, and this is Office Hours. On this episode, we're talking about whether it's possible to qualify for a new mortgage as a retiree. When a person retires, we often think of them as no longer having any income, which means they would no longer be able to prove to a bank that they can pay back a loan as far as the lender's concerned. And conventional wisdom tells us that if a person doesn't have a job, there's no way they can pay back the loan, And thus, again, no bank would be willing to offer uh, them financing. But as Desiree is here to tell us, that may not always be the case. So Desiree, let's start there with that. Is that the rule of thumb or are there exceptions to that rule as a retiree, as a person who doesn't have income in general, that you're always excluded from being able to acquire a new loan? So the short answer is that, yes, a retiree can qualify for a either a refinance or a new purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that and how that will, how we structure it and work that here in a second. So just to clarify too, when I say a new loan, does that mean that they can purchase a new property and refinance or does that mean one or the other? I mean, if the, if whatever income they're going to be having coming into their bank account during that time, 
uh, so let's just say social security, for instance, Mm -hmm. if it supports that primary mortgage that they're going to be refinancing and an additional, like say a a secondary home, then, then absolutely they're, they're still able to do that, but the income still has to be there. Well, let's let's dig into that one a little bit more. You bring up income, which is obviously the most important part of this equation. Well, right. maybe next to credit score, you'll tell me which is more important. But, you know, income is definitely going to be an important component in this equation. Right. So let's right. let's stay there for a second. Uh, as far as income is concerned, are there any types of income? You mentioned Social Security, for example, which, you know, is pretty consistent, is pretty reliable, is is pretty easy to plan around, I guess, from an underwriter's perspective. But are there any other types of income that a lender prefers to see when looking at a loan? You know, honestly, I don't know if it's like a preferred, but again, you can have social security, you can have a pension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there might be um, other opportunities to be pulling out of your, like an, an IRA, for instance. And really, it's just about being able to document consistent, steady income going into your accounts. Okay. So I, I, I have savings in my bank account. I have savings in my 401k or IRA or some other type of retirement account. You're saying I could be drawing down those assets if necessary to prove resources to, to make the loan. I don't necessarily have to deplete my savings altogether and write a check to buy the property cash. Is, is that safe to say? That's safe to say, yes. So we'll come back to that one in a second when we start to talk about success stories. But are there any special loan programs for retirees or do they just fit into the same regular loan types they would if they had a traditional income source? Yeah, I think it's they're going to be able to qualify for you know anything else out there, whether it's a conventional or a government loan. It's all about being able to document how this retiree is going to be able to afford the mortgage. Hmm. That's the most important part. Now you could go, um, and I know we talked about this in a previous podcast, but talking about non-traditional mortgages, there may be some other options out there for a mm-hmm. retiree that can also easily qualify just depending on what the setup is going to be for them long-term. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about setting the stage, right? We often talk about planning these things in advance and not just kind of having the the knee-jerk reaction when we get there or the, the ready, fire, aim strategy, right? Mm-hmm. What are some steps a retired borrower can take in advance of applying for a loan uh, to help make the lender more comfortable saying yes? Yeah, that's a great point. So again, planning, right? What and how and what type of income are you going to be receiving as a retiree? Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. we'll just use, say, your social security if it's going to be social security, making sure that you have the documentation for that. So whether that's the social security statement, again, showing um, how much that's going to be when that is going to get deposited. And then I think a good rule of thumb is having at least one month's deposit of however that stream of income is going to be coming in documented in your bank account first before mm. you go to apply. It does help because some lenders may want to see it actually have that first deposit in the bank account. Um, it just makes it easier. And then if you are going to be receiving that income, say through a spousal social security, then they're also going to want to see that that's going to continue for at least three years. Mm. 
Okay. So is that like a letter from the Social Security Administration that is showing that you're going to receive it for the rest of your life or something? How do you even usually whether it's yeah, usually whether it's Social Security or pension or, you know, it'll show the schedule. Right. And it'll show how long that is set to continue for. So it should be on that uh, schedule or statement. Yeah. So interestingly enough, you mentioned the whole uh, one month scenario. And I have had some experience with that sort of recently with a couple of financial planning clients where they were retired, they decided to buy a second property in both cases. And the underwriter was wanting to see proof that, well, for one, they were requiring them to actually distribute uh, income from their IRA assets, which I thought was a little bit you know, unique, but then I found out, no, that's kind of commonplace where even if they don't necessarily need the income on paper, they're not living off of their their retirement assets. They've got enough between social security and pension money to not need to tap into their retirement accounts. They wanted to see where they had been distributing funds from their IRA uh, in order to be able to prove all the way that they could afford the new mortgage. And the way that we got to that was we were required to have the IRA distribution happen for at least a month, like you just said, yeah, and then have a statement from that uh, bank statement from where the funds landed to prove once again that the income was was coming out of those accounts. So really unique circumstances. I learned a lot going through it the first time and then was a little more prepared for it the second time. But I thought that was like, uh, I thought it was great that we could even get to a yes because I assumed the answer was going to be no. Um, which is the reason I always ask and don't just say like, this isn't going to work. Let's move on. I'm always willing to just say, let me ask some people I know, like Desiree, for example, see what we can do. And if it works, it works. And if not, then we'll go to, to plan B. But do you have any like similar success stories that you can think of where maybe you worked with a a client who was retired or, or unemployed for other reasons and, didn't think that they'd be able to purchase or refinance because of lack of formal uh, or traditional income, but then they were able to actually get into uh, a new loan for uh, a purchase or a, or a refi. Yeah. So kind of, have, I guess, two examples. One is for a purchase. So about like the same storyline you just gave, right. About pulling from the IRA, very similar circumstance. I think a lot of retirees, they retire lifestyle changes and a lot end up wanting to downsize, right? Whether Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. just a smaller home or maybe a condo where there's less upkeep, things of that nature. So same setup, we were able, they had cash and they had cash on hands. They didn't necessarily wanted to use all of it um, to go out and just use on the purchase, but we were able to establish a schedule based on pulling money out of that IRA so that we could showcase that they would have that money. It was set up for a certain amount of time. They had reserves in the bank and it worked out great for them. They were able to sell the property that they were in and downsize into a a smaller uh, condominium complex. And then the second one is thinking about, um, obviously with refinance, refinance market right now, the rates are obviously at historic lows. And when you mention the, you know, maybe like a non-traditional income, this particular client was I wouldn't say full retired. They weren't pulling social security or pension or anything like that, but they were starting to just work less. So they had taken a job where they were a 1099 employee Mm -hmm. and working less hours in the week, kind of getting ready for retirement. So 
One of the things I just want to point out, typically most lenders, if you are a 1099 employee and say you were full-time and then you went to, went to a, a different model, most lenders are going to want to see at least 12 months of being a 1099 employee, hmm. right? Because there's no guarantee when you're structured that way, you sure. could be a temporary, um, a part-time employee, things of that nature, where they want to make sure that they can just see that, okay, this at least steady, there's some, there, this is going to continue. So just for that reason, I bring up this example is she was sort of like in a semi-retirement. We had to make sure we had that documentation in order for her to even just refinance. So something for people who are thinking about retiring, thinking about making some changes to their current home, just make sure again, probably just best to run by whatever your situation is. Are things going to change in the next six to 12 months? Run that by a mortgage professional. Make sure you guys are just setting um, yourself up for success and make sure you have everything documented that you need to. Sounds good. All good points. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for another episode of Office Hours. I'm Malcolm Etheridge. She's Desiree Ragusi. And Desiree, remind people where they can find you if they uh, have questions after this goes live or uh, just want to get more information from you. Absolutely. So Desiree Ragusi on LinkedIn. I have a, um, or you can just find Fortis Mortgage. So at Fortis Mortgage on Facebook and Instagram. And then Desiree at FortisMortgage.com is my email. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, to review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening. The information shared in this recording and by its guests represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not represent the views or opinions of the host. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. Our team of certified public accountants and enrolled agents is well-versed in the latest tax laws, ensuring that you capitalize on every opportunity for strategic tax optimization. We anticipate changes and keep you up to date on opportunities to potentially reduce your tax bill in the future. With a focus on precision and strategic planning, we are your trusted partner both during tax season and throughout the year. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com.